Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime. Anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is former West Virginia Mountaineer defensive lineman John Thornton, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kid. Hey. It's the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Hail West Virginia podcast. Jeremy J and Team Phoenix. Y'all can't see it, but he's rocking that I also hate Pitt RVK sweatshirt. Coming soon. Y'all going to have to wait, but it's coming soon. I am Brandon, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt Phoenix. We are in the building, as always, presented to you by the king of the fat sandwich, Sandwich University, located on 461 High Street in Morgantown, West Virginia, and there in Milan Pushkar Stadium. Go get at them if you're trying to get that hunger taken care of. We are also presented by the finest hard cider in all of the land, Swill Dog, the best bulldog breeders in the entire world, Shrinkables, Shrinkables. And then, of course, the fine people led by Mr. Jamie Spears at Astork Auto of Charleston. Get at them when you want to ride in style, when you want to be treated right. The other person who takes good care of us is the quintessential businessman and the current international traveler, Mr. Jim Ashley of JimAshley.biz. But we're going to get into it right now because it's pop culture time. We talking about backseat drivers. If you don't know one, you are one. And it's an epidemic <laughs> that is not just specific to the United States. It is something that is not just relevant to our generation. It's been going on for years. Since driving has started, I would imagine. Jeremy, how uh, do you feel about backseat drivers? 100%. It's the truth. It starts when you first learn to drive. Um, and then you start driving by yourself when your mom's in the car. And, ooh, 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 turn here. Oh, ooh, shot at go- Crystal Phoenix. A shot at Crystal <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> nah, I'm saying other people's moms. My mom's, you know, is on point. But <laughs> <laughs> other people's moms. Mm, mm, I see you going over 70 miles an hour. Okay, do you want to drive? Would you like to drive? That's what I'm saying. Look, I don't like driving anyway. I drive all the time. I will drive. But if you want to drive, I'll let you drive. You want to drive? Take the keys, all right? I got no problem with it. But while I'm driving, can I please just drive? Let him drive. Just let him drive. The thing is, um, with backseat driving, my, my biggest issue with backseat driving uh, is the concerns usually aren't concerns. You know what I mean? Like, 
they're they're just frivolous. They're unnecessary. They don't need to be said. They certainly don't need to be expressed. But people just feel the need to express their opinion about what other people are doing all the time. So you look at it as backseat driving. I look at it as a symptom of your personality. You just like to be in people's business. Okay? If you're a backseat driver, you're a backseat relationship advice giver, you're a backseat restaurant chooser, you're a backseat everything, right? You're a backseat everything. That's how I feel about it. You just got something to say about everybody's business. And I'm not the only one who feels that way. In fact, um, there was a study done by uh, the Daily Mail talked about this. It was a study by Eshore. A survey of 2,000 British drivers in early 2018 found that 70% of motorists found backseat driving an annoying habit and that life partners were those most likely to interfere Imagine that. Now, mind you, back to cuffing season, back to hoodie season. This is the kind of interference we're talking about, this kind of stuff that happens. That said, although only 21% of motorists admitted to being backseat drivers, half said they had been in arguments due to interfering comments, and 5% admitted admitted to having jumped a red light during an argument with a backseat driver. Now, if if you're not up on British lingo, what that means is they ran a red light, okay? They ran a red light because they're arguing. So now what's safer? The safest thing is to keep your mouth shut. Be like the Raspberry Voice kids. We just mind our own business. We don't have much to say about nothing. It's so funny. It's so funny now. Can you imagine if that backseat driver actually had a wheel and a brake uh, where they could help you drive? You, wait, well, you, see, know, you, you, know, you know they have those like for driver's ed and stuff, right? No, no. I, that's exactly where I was going. I remember being in driver's ed. The, I can't remember. I can't remember the teacher's name. He was beside me. I'm driving. I already have my license. I'm just taking it like we all do to get our insurance lowered for our parents. You know, I never took uh, it. Did you not? Nope. Mm-hmm, bet you didn't. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so he's in the seat beside me. We come up on the yield sign, and I'm driving, and we all we slam on a brake. He slammed on the brake on his side of the uh, of the vehicle. We all almost break our necks. Should have sued. Be, be honest. Be honest. Should have sued. Hey, the statute limitation like, might not be up. You might you got to remember his name though. He said, "Mr. Phoenix, did you not see that?" I said, "Uh, yes, sir. I did." It said yield. <laughs> there was nothing coming. Why are we stopping at the yield sign? See, that's the kind of stuff the backseat drivers do. Like I said, be be glad they don't have a wheel or a brake on their side. Like I said, if you don't know a backseat driver, then you are a backseat driver. And the Raspy Voice kids in this PS in RVK PSA, stop it. Raspy Voice. What's up, everybody? This is Charles DJ Chocolate Thunder, aka Teddy Bear Hayes, and you are listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. On to the next segment, RVK in the building. Raspy Voice Kids, Jeremy J and Fiend Phoenix. Brandon, I also hate Pitt Phoenix. We are here to talk about what to expect on Thursday. Thursday night, West Virginia has a chance to get back on track. We can forget about what happened in the black. Out there in Ames, it's time for this game. It's time for them dogs and throw it up you. Will Greer, Mountain Greer, everybody's ready to get it rocking in Morgantown because nobody likes a bye week after a loss. And that's what we just No, absolutely not. Hey, no, 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 no. I'm going to interrupt you for just two seconds. Does a Thursday night game make you feel old Big East? Give you that 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 nostalgic feel of the old Big East. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I hadn't thought about it. I it just I'm excited about it because like I traded my at work so I could be off for it. I just feel like it's gonna be electric because everybody's excited to get back on track. But that's a good I question. I feel like this. Is, I feel like this is like an old school Rutgers South Florida game Thursday night. I don't know. Just bring back some memories. Hopefully, good ones. <laughs> well. The thing is, the FPI from ESPN gives us basically an 84% chance to win. Baylor is um, 
not having a great season, but they're not having a terrible season either. No, it, it, no, and they're having a better better season than they did last year. Last year, obviously, they won one eleven. Their only win coming to Kansas. Um, them losing to all kinds of different teams, Liberty and uh, UTSA. So this year, Rule actually has them bounced back. I think they're three and three. No, all their they're, losses- four, they're four and three. My bad, my bad. And the three losses are all decent losses. There's nobody out of conference. No, cream uh, they lost. They, did, they lost to Duke, but that's not a cream puff loss. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. No, no, no. Uh, UTSA or no, no, no Liberty, group, no, yeah, no, no FCS, group of no, yeah. no. Yeah, no, they're they're legit losses. And certainly, if you're if you're in Waco, you are much happier about what's happening with Matt Rule um, down there uh, in you know in that green and gold. Um, and and you you got to because like you said they were one and eleven. I mean you can't get you can only get one game worse than one and eleven, and they tried. So I'm happy that I'm happy that we're getting Baylor at this time. I feel like this is the good kind of game to have to get a bounce back. We get it at home. We get it at night. Um, they did give Texas a game though. I mean Texas is number one in the conference right now, and they only lost twenty three seventeen. They like to sling the ball around. Well, you were giving me some stats. What were you saying about how often they're throwing the ball over there? No, that's that's one thing. I don't know if I should be worried or not, but, like, they've been throwing the rock. Last game, I think they threw the ball, I think, 39 times. The game before that against uh, uh, Kansas State, they threw the ball 40 times, 40-some times. They threw the ball 60 times against Oklahoma. So when they come here, especially if we can put up the points that, that we're capable of, there's going to be a lot of throwing. So our secondary is going to have to be ready for it. Well, the thing is, we're built for these kinds of offenses. This, this is we're built for Big Twelve offenses. We struggle when we play physical offenses. Not that we can't play them, but it really hurts when you have the injuries we have to the linebackers. So sure. I think when you have a team that throws the ball as often as they do, we can get creative with all the safety talent we have. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I've, we got, we got to, and we got to get that pressure on Brewer. Brewer's going to sit back there. And he's going to sling the rock. Well, well, we and, and Brewer, but Brewer can go. We remember him last year. I mean, Brewer can run if he's got to. Um, the difference is we didn't have the tape on him. We weren't ready for him this year. We will, you know, we've got seven games of him on top of what we had last year. I think Gibby's dogs will be ready. And I think Gibby's dogs, of course, are licking their wounds. They want a chance to prove that they are what we thought they were five games into the season, not what they were game six. Um, and not that they were bad. Again, I, I, there are people who corrected us on Twitter who felt like maybe we were bashing them. We really weren't. We were just saying they weren't as good as they could have been or should have been. Um, no, definitely not bashing all- them. We're just keeping it real. And, and David, David Sills says that he's sure we're going to bounce back. And Will's got to get his confidence back. There's these rumors going around about injuries. Um, some people saying he broke a rib. Some people saying he's got a concussion. Some people saying he's got back spasms. I don't know. All I, need to, all I know for a fact that I'm going to say on air is that Will has to be Will for the offense to work. Um, and, Jake's, and we'll see it. And, Jake's, and we'll see what their fortitude is. You know, we'll, we'll see what they're made of. That, that, that's what it is. Well, we, we come off – a big loss against Iowa State. And like I said, sometimes you let teams beat you twice. Now we're at home. It's a night game. Baylor's not a pushover like they have been in the past few years. It's not going to be a pushover game, but I really want to, and I'm excited to see how we bounce back from this. And we'll see what they're made of. It's the offensive line that I'm most concerned about. It's the offensive line. What are we going to do at guard? What are we going to do at center? Will we be mean? Will we be nasty? Can we protect Will? Can we create lanes? And then also, what will Jake do to, to make the adjustment? Obviously, defenses have adjusted to what we do and how we do it. Yes, yes. So well, it's, it's going to be – I'm curious to see what Jake's going to do. I believe in Jake Spavital personally. I like the way that he calls games. He struggles sometimes to make adjustments when the other team adjusts. 
Um, but I don't think that's always true. I think he got a lot of flack against Texas Tech when, in fact, what happened where there were drop passes, there were missed passes. It wasn't just play calling. And I don't even think totally Iowa State was all play calling, but it's got to be better. And I think it will be. I'm, cu- I'm just excited to see it. And, by the way, this is why when people would look ahead and you said you had your right to do that as a fan, you're right. It's why I personally cannot emotionally allow myself to look ahead. I just enjoy every win, every time. Every time people say we lost ugly, it's like Eugene Napoleon said on Dubby Nations between the ears. Would you rather a uh, uh, pretty loss or an ugly win? And True. and that just reminds me every time I go I, back. I guess I, I guess what I'm looking for in this game is I just want to see some creativity offensively. I know what we do works, and when it worked, I mean it, it had it had been working. Um, so now that we've came out these last like ten quarters and they've seemed to have figured it out, sometimes keeping it vanilla, not vanilla, but like you know. Standard is good if it's working. I want to see some kind of creativity if it's not. Hopefully we can go with the standard. But if we can't, I want to see some plays that are just well-drawn-up plays from Jake. And it's like the other other thing is like you said, you want to see some spontaneity out of Will Greer. And everybody's so afraid about him getting hurt. Will's not a small person, and he's not a weak person. He's a tough, grown man. Um, When the play breaks down, go run. Run. He's not Tom Brady, man. I, you know, I mean that in his Tom, Tom Brady is slow. Tom Brady is slow. That's what I meant. <laughs> Will Greer is not slow. So And throw the ball away. And throw the ball away. That's what I'm looking forward to this week. I uh, expect Baylor to throw it a lot. Worried about Jalen Hurd, the transfer from Tennessee. He's, he's an excellent athlete. Um, but other than that, I think we should win this game. Of course, that said, I haven't picked against him all year. So really, I mean, you know, my opinion on that really doesn't matter. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm being a homer when I say this. I think the media agrees with us. And I would say that the locker room agrees with us, and so we'll just have to wait and see. But really, that, that, that's about it for the Baylor preview. We're on to just quit. Get ready. It's coming. Rat me, boys! Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. It's that time again. The Raspy Voice kids are back at you. I'm Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. We're here to tell the Baylor Bears why you should just quit. You should quit for lots of reasons. We're going to talk about Dr. Pepper. We're going to talk about bears. We're going to talk about muskets. And we're going to talk about in-laws. Where should we start? How about the Dr. Pepper thing? Yeah? Congratulations, sir. Your Krabby Patty pizza is here. Wow, thanks. I've been dying for one of these. It. Where's my drink? What drink? My drink? My Diet Dr. Pepper. Don't tell me you forgot my drink! But... You didn't order any. How am I supposed to watch this football game without my drink? Pull up. Drink! Headshot. Drink! What is going on with that? Who cares about Dr. Pepper? Especially the, your interaction with Dr. Pepper. Nobody cares. Nobody cares yet you guys celebrated. It's corny. It's cheesy. It should stop. Coke's number one anyway. Matt Rule, you're a great coach. Mm, great might be a stretch, but you're pretty good. But even your in-laws like West Virginia better than they like Baylor. Be you. It stinks to be you. If we're being real, that's the real. You guys should have quit after the scandal. 
then you definitely should have quit after the disaster of the season you had last year. We've beaten you two years in a row. This year, we're going to make it three. You should just quit because coming to Morgantown after a disappointment at night is a bad idea. Like JN Fiend says, Feel foggy, take that leap. These dogs are going to eat. When you see that muscle smoking, you know we ain't joking. He also says earlier, come to Morgantown to get Mountaineer whipped. That's what's going to happen. We're refocused and we're ready. One of the main things you need to understand is, unlike you, we got a real mascot. Our mascot's not a fake. In fact, do you know that one of our mascots killed a bear with his musket? The real actual musket that he fires at games? That's because he's not a fake. You, however, are fake because there are no bears in Waco. None. But you're the bears? And then you say sick them like your dogs? That makes no sense. It makes no sense. It makes so little sense that you should just quit. Coming to Morgantown's a mistake as it is. Coming to Morgantown at night is a real bad idea. So you should just quit. Because while a bear might be fast, it cannot outrun a musket blast. This is former WVU quarterback Chad Johnston, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. It is the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Hale West Virginia Podcast. You are now in with the gold and blue interview this week. We've got John Thornton, Thunder Thornton, the man who started three years for WVU, part of the probably the best defense in the history of West Virginia Mountaineer football. Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix is in the building, and I, Brandon, in the building. Brandon, I also hate Pitt Phoenix, is also here. And we, we just want to talk to Mr. John Thornton. Thank you for giving us some time today. Uh, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. So you were born in Philadelphia. Yeah. Were you raised there as well? I was raised in Philly. Um, in seventh grade, I went away to a military school. About, it's in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, or right near Chambers. It's called Scotland School. And so it was about two hours from Philly, two hours, 15 minutes. And so I would go there during the year, come home in the summers, uh, play summer league basketball in Philly, and then go back to school when football started. So it was like I almost went to college in seventh grade. You know, and, and um, it was closer to West Virginia, actually, than Philly. It was pretty close to West Virginia. I got a feeling that school wasn't quite the same as Morgantown, though, right? No, it wasn't at all. Uh, it's actually <laughs> closed now. The state closed it down because they didn't want to allocate any more funds to it. But um, it was a really good school. About 90% of the kids were from Philly. Uh, you know, we won state championships in football, basketball, and track. And I think some people around the state got upset at that. Um, so they stopped giving us money and they closed it like in 2008 or so. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good school. I, uh, I saw that it was a school for veterans children. Um, so you're a family of military veterans. Yeah. My dad served time in the army. And so if your parents, you know, served time, I think four years or more, you qualify to go to the school uh, and you got an interview for it, but they pay for everything. And it's, you know, it's for veterans children. It used to be an orphanage back in the day. And I think in the sixties or so, it's changed from being an orphanage to a school for veterans' children. So you you spent time dominating. Obviously, you were you were a stellar athlete in high school. You don't get to the to the level that you reached mm-hmm. without being that level in high school. Then you show up in Morgantown, right from Philly. Show up in Morgantown. Was it culture shock for you? Not really. Um, just because I went to Scotland. So Scotland is in the middle of nowhere. So Philly is this big city. Scotland was more of a culture shock. Then Morgantown was like a step up from Scotland as far as, you know, it was just a college town and 
Um, I had already been on my own pretty much just at this school. I mean, I got to get up and make my bed, do my laundry, uh, being away from my parents. So I probably adjusted to college life a lot better and quicker than a lot of my classmates. So Morgantown wasn't a shock or anything. It was just, uh, you know, just getting used to the time difference and how you, you allocate your time as a college athlete as opposed to a high school athlete. So you play for who, you know, I don't know if you heard our song, West Virginia Anthem, Hail West Virginia. I heard it before, yeah. One of the things we say on it is we say Jack Fleming was the voice. Don Nealon built the brand. You played for Coach Don Nealon. What was that experience like playing for 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 a legend, uh, a Hall of Famer? What was that like? I mean, he was very um, – he was a good coach. I mean, just from having a bunch of coaches from high school, college, pro, um, he was a very good coach. He, he let his coaches do their thing. He had control over the program. Even though he was an older gentleman, he had control – um, and he, he did have a brand. I mean, he was one of the top 20 coaches in America. So you did respect him. And even though we didn't get the top recruits, I was never, I wasn't the top recruit. We would get guys and develop them. Um, you know, we had a good style of football. I mean, they, they evolved a little bit towards the end of my career there with the three wide receivers. And, yeah. Uh, it used to be just the eye formation before that it was the wishbone or whatever that was with, uh, you know, Hostetler and Major Harrison, those guys. So, I mean, Don Nealon was, was a great coach, great man. During that time, who would you say is the best player you ever played with? Because you played with some good ball, ball. You played with Jerry Porter. You played with Henry Slay. You played yeah. with Zeraway, uh, Bulger. Like, Canoe Curtis. Canoe Curtis. Curtis, yeah, 42, man. Canoe Curtis was the best. I mean, he was – that <laughs> year he had in 96 was, like, legendary. He was uh, – he had, like, 17 sacks and – um, I mean, he did everything, man. I mean, in our defense, we had a top defense in the country, but he was just, you know, to see him from what he – I mean, he always was a good athlete, and Canute never really worked out. So I, I can just imagine what he could have done if he would have been like a weight room guy or uh, – you know, he did just enough, and he was still dominating and had that great year. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Amos Zerway – um, you know, Mark Bolger, David Saunders, before he got hurt, was yeah. probably a top receiver in the country. So we played with some really good guys. But I would just say Canute was the, the most dominant player that I've ever played with. So back to Canute. Uh, Jeremy, you remember – don't tell him, don't tell him, John. Jeremy, you remember his nickname? Canute Curtis. Ah, oh, man, I was young. I was young. Uh, no, I can't. Not, not right now. What is it? What is it? The Amityville Horror. Because he's Actually, from- I did He's from Amityville, New York. There was that movie, The Amityville Horror. I remember because our parents are from Long Island. So my dad loved Canute Curtis, and he loved that nickname. But, yeah, he was a dog, man. And I, I think about it, like, in, for you, so you come from that background where defense was heavy. Like, we were known for our defense nationally. Now it's flipped. Like, even though we are big Tony Gibson fans, we love the dogs. Your son, Jalen, has obviously committed to be one of the dogs, a three-star defensive lineman. If you guys don't know, check him out. He's doing his thing down there in Cincinnati. Um, what's it like watching West Virginia – look completely different from the West Virginia that you were a part of? Well, I mean, college football is just different. There's no – I mean, the offenses are built to score. The spread offenses, everybody do it. They do it in high school. Um, so it's just hard to line up in a standard 3-4 defense or 4-3 and get after the quarterback or stop the run. Now, it's you know, they're taking advantage. They're throwing it out to the sidelines. And uh, so, you're, you know, you can't use – Holding them to 17 points is a standard now. Now it's like, hey, let's get the ball last and win the game. I mean, defensive statistics aren't even probably kept anymore. I mean, if I'm a defensive <laughs> coordinator, I'm just trying to win the game because you, you're not going to 
win those battles. I mean, if you're Alabama and some of those schools is getting all of the top players and you got top coaches everywhere. I mean, you could hold some people down, but even Alabama's giving up 35 and, you know, you see them giving up a lot of points that they didn't give up, you know, back in the late 2000s, early two, you know, by around 2010 or so. So it's changed completely from when I was there, definitely. But that doesn't yeah. offend you? That doesn't, like, like when you, it doesn't offend your football spirit? No, I mean, you know, it changed. It's like the NFL. I mean, they changed all the rules of hitting the quarterback. Um, you know, it's it's just changed to an offensive everything. High school, college, pro, everything is going scoring strictly offensive, and they want that. That I mean, that's that's like the ratings, and that's the they get the crowd back into it. So, I don't think people want to see a, a nine and three game anymore. They they want to see those thirty five to thirty games. Yeah, oh, that's that's just the truth. We as Mountain Nation, man, we going through it a little bit. We had a rough game against Iowa State. I know you saw that. My question to you is, like, you played in a lot of these big games. I'm sure you came up on uh, the, the 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 bad end of it. Yeah. How do these kids b- bounce back from something like this? You got to – I mean, you got to understand, like – I mean, I knew that – I didn't know that was going to happen, but it's one of those things where you expect it. Like, hey, that's a night game as Iowa State. They're not as good as they were last year as far as the hype. And it's not a trap game, but it's one of those games, like, you better come out and play well early yeah. or it's going to be a wrap. I mean, just like I didn't see the Ohio State game last night, but that's probably what it was. And uh, is that uh, what I, it was? I, yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> I just ha- I happened to see it. Same way last year when, when Ohio State went to uh, went to Iowa. Iowa. And just bad game. So I just think West Virginia, uh, they had a bad game, but it started the game before when they didn't really play well. And that was an odd game. And they won the game. But you see, you kind of saw it happening where they were just a little bit off. They weren't sharp, but they still won. And, and yeah. now it, it might just, you know, just punch them in the face a little bit. Get them, hey, let's let's snap out of it and get back into it because they do have a tough stretch of games. And if they go through these games, then they'll be right in the mix and probably in the playoff hunt because everybody's going to take an L. Except, like I said, except Alabama. I don't see any other team that can just run the table. Um, so it's going to be tough. They're going to have they're going to have their work cut out, but it's okay sometimes to take an L as long as you yeah. take it at the right time. Now, my thoughts are just you know, these are young kids. As much as you know. They, they portray themselves, we look at them and we think they're stars or whatever. These are young kids. So how do you take that, you know, the feedback that you get from the fans and social media and just being down yourself because of the way you played, what is it that's going to inspire them? What do they need to focus on? I mean, you kind of answered it, but that that's just my yeah. big thing. Like, how do they bounce back from it? It just depends what they have inside of them. I mean, because nowadays with, you do hear more of the fans' voices before it was – newspaper or radio calls. I mean, you would hear fans board the game, but that's about it. You know, walk around campus, I mean, p- people wouldn't say anything to your face. So Who's saying anything yeah. to six foot three, two hundred and eighty pound John Thornton? <laughs> Real talk. Besides, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. I out your way, sir. Yeah. But you're gonna get it now on social media. So you it's gonna feel worse than what it is. So I, I knew they probably felt bad last week, but this week they gotta be going to practice like, hey, we still got a shot. Like all of these people are losing each and every week, like three top 10 teams are losing. So if you can put everything in perspective and say, hey, well, we're going to go and feed it. Probably not. Like, let's go out here because the schedule is getting definitely tougher. So you can't even afford to worry about that Iowa State game. So I'm sure the coaches are getting on them. And sometimes you got to love your players up and not beat them up, uh, not make them feel bad. So I don't know how they're coaching that. But if I was a coach there right now, I would just say, hey, let's start almost start the season over midway through. Listen, we got a fresh start. We're still ranked in the top 15. Let's go. How did you go from being like, so you went from West Virginia. You had a successful NFL career. You played about a decade in the league. How did you make that transition that so many players struggle to make 
between I've spent my whole life being an athlete and now I'm not? Uh, I, I don't know. I never really um, – I mean, I knew I would go I, – I would say after my sophomore year at West Virginia, I knew I was going to the NFL. It's one of those weird things. I was playing against guys and playing well against some of the linemen. And I was like, oh, those guys are going to the NFL, so I'm going to go. So I, I knew I was going, but it, it never defined me. I never looked at myself like I'm this football player, I'm this or that. I mean, even now, people ask me if I play football, I say no. Like, unless they know who I am or, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, my kids get upset at that on vacation because they like to talk about it uh, when people come up. But they'll come up and say, do you play? I'm like, no, nah, it wasn't. You know, unless they know. I just don't want the conversation. So yeah. it, it never defined me. So I never had that ego that I'm a player and that's all I am. You know, when I got done, I started doing stuff in the media uh, and I started my sports management company. So I had other things to do. I was happy. I was really uh, thankful for everything that the NFL gave me. Um, but I just kind of, when I was done, I was done. And it was no, um, you know, some guys aren't ready to be done. So they have that ego about it and, and it hurts them. They get cut with years left on their contract. But I was, I played out my contract, never was released, never had to take a pay cut. And I was good. You know, I turned down a couple of offers at the end and I was just ready to move on with my life. So when did you get linked with Rock Nation? Well, that was uh, two, no, about two and a half years ago. Uh, I, I, I started working there, but I, I first was introduced to them with Geno Smith. So once Geno went to, through the draft, I was one of his managers, myself and Charles Fisher. Um, Charles Fisher you know, was a dog too, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So, you know, we, you know, we, you know, we knew Geno since he'd been in school, and he asked us to help him through the process. So we, start, you know, we sort of worked with his agent, so to speak. Uh, you know, then it didn't, you know, their, their relationship didn't work out with, you know, Gino's agent. And then he asked us to help him facilitate picking a new agent. So Charles and I ran the meetings. Um, and that was sort of our role in business at that time. And, you know, we met with Rock Nation and we met with like four other established agencies. Rock was real new. And, uh, I was shocked to, find out that Rock was such a, a good landing place for Gino. I was like, hey, Gino, I think this is the place. And he said, yeah, me too. So we had to convince his mom and dad. Uh, and it worked out. I mean, we, we just knew it was fresh. It was, you know, good people over there that understood our culture. You know, not really a black or white thing. I always say that. It's just really the culture of today, yeah. Yeah. today's young people. You know, because if you walk into Rock Nation, it's, it's probably the most diverse place that I've been into, whether it's agencies or anything. I mean, they got more women, more white people, Latin, anything. Like, and you go into some places and you don't see anybody look like you ever. So I just said, listen, man, this is the future of not, not only sports management, just management. So that, that's how we got introduced. And then it just so happened a couple years later, they hired me. No, I'm sold, man. We, we'll sign. We'll sign. Deal. Yeah, sure. We sold. We sure. sold. I mean, that was a great pitch, John. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I felt like I was going to weigh my options, but, you know, sometimes you just know. So just send that contract over. We'll, we'll yeah. take care I of it. I got you. I, uh, I love seeing it. I love seeing former Mountaineers connect the way that you guys have. But I'm telling you, uh, I follow your Instagram, obviously, you know, because I'm in your DMs. always like, come on the show. Come on the show. Yeah, <laughs> But the thing about the thing that, like, honestly, my favorite thing about your life is I look at it and you're not, you're exactly what you described. You're not 
hung up on the past. And you get uh, dudes who didn't even have as great a career, as yeah. significant of a career as you did, who every Instagram post is about the past. And I'm I, like, look, yeah. man, I was like, <laughs> that was like, well, I get that. And you know what, though? Sometimes that's cool, you know? And sometimes I'll put, I'm, like I'm not hating. I'm not hating. No, I'm I, just saying, I, I I, exactly it's, it's the juxtaposition is what I'm saying. Yeah. That, you've, that, that you've matured, you've grown, you, that you have a path. And I love that. That I'm looking at. I'm looking at you as a family man, as a businessman. As I mean, even just being in the gym. You know what I mean? Like that you yeah, take yeah. care of yourself. You didn't just. You're not one of those football players who's 425 pounds with diabetes, oh. getting a foot cut off. Like I, I yeah. like that. It's and it's it's something for me. That's like a badge of honor for our program because not yeah. in our university, our state. Because not every person who's left West Virginia University has been able to do or to leave that kind of a legacy. So, I mean, yeah, that's no, respect to you for that. No, I, I appreciate it. And it is, like I said, it, it is. Everyone does their own thing once they get done. And, and that's what I chose to do. I chose to really stay in the gym and work out because that's really helps me be competitive with myself. You know, I never got out of that side of it. And, you know, I don't post a lot of stuff about my – I mean, sometimes I do just because some people may not even know I play, you know, or my kids don't know, hey, man, listen – Jalen, you about to go here. This is what I did. Or this is, or I'll show him, hey, man, this is how you should do it. Or, uh, But I'm fine. I mean, I don't have any things up in my house to say I played. Or um, I think it's like one room, like an exercise room or so. But it's, you know, I, I said when I was done with it, I was done with it. And it was fun. And every now and then I'll post something, but not every day. I'm going to tell you that house, though, that house says you played. I'm, I mean, that's the way it looked to me when I see that. I, I'm like, I got, to get, I got to get to the Bengals, man. The Titans, somebody got to get me. Or just Rock Nation, whatever, because uh, you do, you're doing all right. You're doing all right. I, uh, so, we're, you know, we didn't get the chance to have your son on. Um, but when you look at him, do you feel like he's better than – I mean, he's a three-star, 86th grade, I think, 85.9 or something like that. Or some of the, it's, kind of, it's kind of shady. Yeah, all that stuff is shady. All of it yeah. is. It's, <laughs> he's Jeff, good, man. Jeremy, good. is he better than you were? That's what he, I didn't ask if he's good. I said, is he better he's than you better were? High school defender than I was. I mean, I was a um, I was a better tight end. I was a tight end coming out of high school, um, and I was a really good basketball player. Now, Jalen's not better than me at basketball. He's, <laughs> um, you know, I don't think he's the tight end that I was, but as a defensive lineman, he's He's two or three times better than I was. Whoa. Whoa. So, that, so that three-star, look, man, that's what I like. Yeah, he goes to a small school. He goes to, like, a small area. And so if he would go to a school five minutes away, I guarantee you he'd be a four-star plus. See, and I, so, I but, but that. that but, that, but that's why I kept him there because I never believed in, you know, you got to go do this and got to go do that. You got to go to this school to get noticed. And I told people, I went to a small school in Pennsylvania. It was 21 people in my class. So if you're good, you're going to get noticed. And so – you know, I watch him and I watch other. There's no way that there are, and this is being honest, I don't think there's 10 defensive linemen better than him in Ohio. And I don't even think West Virginia knows how good he is, you know. Well, Coach Tall, uh, you know Gibby and Coach Tall, though, man. I mean, you know Coach Tall. I know that, but I'm just saying, like, to, to know defensive linemen the way I do, and, yeah, he got to get – the thing that he'll – I like when he gets to West Virginia – He'll get strong because I know they're with their strength program. Um, but he, once he gets his strength and he gets some technique, because he really doesn't know. Like, I never bugged him about technique. I taught him his hand placement, you know, how to chop guys on pass rush. I never got in the way. But once he gets good coaching, I mean, I think he's going to be a phenomenal player, staying healthy. But he's and, and it's fun. Healthy, he, healthy and off high street. 
Yeah, but yeah, true. Um, <laughs> but I, re I remember telling coaches when they were recruiting him, I would talk to guys that I know around the, the country and be like, yo, he's good. And they'd be like, what you mean he's good? I said, he's better than me. You know, and that's why you saw Doc Holliday yeah. offered him first because Doc saw me coming out of high school. Yeah. And he looked at him and he didn't look at his size right now. You know, he might have been 238, 240 in their camp. And it, Doc saw me coming out of high school and I said, Doc, he's going to be way bigger than me. I'm like, he's going to be. And he's better than me. He's faster. So, Doc, it clicked to him. It clicked to West but Virginia. Doc's too. always been a recruiter, though. Doc's always been a recruiter. Yeah, recruiter. But, but if I tell you, hey, man, my son's good, and you don't know me, you're not going to trust me. Yeah, But if I tell somebody else that knows me, and then they can put the pieces together, now they're like, oh, we got it. So they hopped on him early. And, that, and that's what I was telling all these schools. I mean, even right the day before Jalen committed, Greg Shiano came to see him. and mm -mm. No, and no. Tell, tell him to go home. Tell him to go home. Yeah, but, but by then it was done. I'm like, no, nah, we're not coming up there to see you guys. I mean, he already has 10 offers, so if you want to offer him, fine. That might have helped him, but it was like, listen, man, we, we're going to reward everyone that was in early. And um, and it was good. But he, he's answering your question. He's a very good player. And, um, I mean, I think he's a lot better than people even know about. I love it. I absolutely love it, man. Are you I just pop? Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead, now, I was going to say, I'm going to give you four names because you're talking about how you know defensive linemen. I'm going to give you four names. You got to pick the one. All right. Bruce Smith, Reggie White, J.J. Watt, Michael Strahan. Reggie White. Yeah, Joe, are you kidding me? That was easy? <laughs> yeah. My, I thought I was to... Come on, man. It, <laughs> it, it, is Reggie White the greatest defensive lineman of all time? Yeah, he's, uh, yeah he's the greatest. Bruce Smith. Uh, who, who else you say after Bruce? J.J. Watt, and then he had the nerve to say uh, uh, Michael Strahan. Who I'm not hating. I'm not hating on Strahan. He's a sag leader. Come on now. Danny Watt is right. He's he's fourth on that list. Obviously, those guys you named were like all time greats. So, well, you think you think JJ Watt? You think Strahan's better than Watt? Yes. All right. So I got a real question for you. I do. I got a real question for you. Does he play? I don't think he was hurt. I mean, JJ Watt's been hurt a lot. Stays hurt, but so I mean, I can't. That's not his fault. But Strahan Strahan was there each and every down in New York. Tough market, come you know NFC East when it was Dallas. I mean that was one Washington, of, one of the all time. Yeah, you know. So no, I, I would get a nod to him. Obviously. So I wanted to ask you: Is there any sentimentality for you having played with Gary Stills? Who for me, Double Nichols is definitely top five Mountaineers all time. Might might be my favorite. No, no, he's not my Pac Man's my favorite defensive player of all time. Okay. Double Nichols is up there. Um, he's good. He's good. He's, he's my good. first. He's my first WVU jersey, uh, yeah. and he's just and he's been cool to me like since I met him. Um, and he doesn't have to be. He's just just been a good dude to me. Yeah. Is there any sentimentality for you the fact that Jalen Thornton will be playing with Darius and Dante Stills, like, and with I, Coach I Tall? Yeah, I think that's super cool. I think that you know when we went down there to a game last year, last September. You know, we saw Gary. We were all getting something to eat. We saw Gary, his kid. Uh, you know, they all kind of knew of Jalen once he got to off. You know, so they all follow each other. Yeah. Um, but just, I mean, that's rare that you get that many. It's three of them. I mean, I don't know who else has a kid there, but, I mean, I think that's a good thing. And I told Jalen, even his recruitment, I said, you going to West Virginia is going to mean more than you going anywhere else. Like, I didn't tell him to go there, but I was just saying, and when you weigh those options, like, even if football doesn't work, you're going to enjoy going there, and they're going to enjoy you, right? And so that, that's at the end of the day, that's what you want. Like, if you were a backup lineman, would you want to be a backup at 
Ohio State or be a backup at, you know, Cincinnati or, or West Virginia. And not saying he's going to be a backup, but you, you want to look at it that way. Like, who's going to provide you more? And I just felt like the overall uh, experience would have been better. So, I mean, even to have Stills and his kids there, I'm sure there's some other guys that got kids coming around. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's happening because that means that. Uh, you, got Amir, you, know, you got Amir Richardson coming in. Yeah, you got him. Amir. Yep, yep. Yeah, he was down there and we was down there. So, like I said, that's that's good. You want to get that pipeline. You don't want, you know, and I don't know what happened with, you know, Darren Studstill, kid going to Notre Dame. I don't know how that happened, if, you know. But but the only time that really happens is if you went, if I, just say if I would have went to a Mac school. I'm not knocking Mac. Say if I went to a Mac school and they were recruiting my son and I'm like, nah, I want to send him to a bigger school. And I, I get those. Um, or you don't have a great relationship with the school. That's the only reason why, you know, I would see my kid not going there, you know? Yeah. That's, that's is an Archie Manning and Peyton went to Tennessee and didn't go to Ole Miss. I mean, those things you just don't know. But, I mean, if my kid, I got another one coming. In a couple years, he's going to be a quarterback. Ty, Ty. So I'll, I'll see what Ty does. But And then Rory, and then Rory going, you have to do Roy's recruitment too. Yeah, he's, he's, and what we got to do in the future, by the way, what we got to do in the future is when they make these announcements, the Raspy Voice kids, where they, that's where we're going to do. We'll do a whole live shot. We'll do the whole thing. Hey, right. You can get it. We can get it. But, yeah, I, look, man, I'll I be watching. I see Rory blowing out people's candles. Yeah. I see all that kind of stuff. I see your kids, yeah. your, your family. You got a lot going on down there. Nah, nah, the kids are good, man. I, I, I just try to have them play hard and um, be good kids because they, they're going to – if they're good enough, they're going to play. And um, so it's just fun watching them. I mean, I I, I, I strip my schedule around that. I make sure I'm home Fridays. Now Jalen and, and Ty's on the same team, and then Rory plays on Sundays. So it's hard to see him because I got to watch NFL games. Yeah. But I today, and uh, it's fun. I, I love watching the kids. So when you were getting something to eat, were you at 461 High Street at the King of the Fat Sandwich? Uh, sandwich, you was that where you were? You know what, man? I was more to Casa de Amici. Oh. Um, pizza. Okay. But, you know, but, you, but you know that's that's Chris Neal's spot. Chris Neal, George yeah, I Daniels. Know. I know, but we had it at the game. It wasn't there when I was there. Uh, I know it wasn't there when you were there, but it was there when you when yeah. you came on your visits. You got uh, Listen, yeah. you got to check them out, man. We went to it when we came down to a game last year. We went during, in the stadium. Okay, so. good. Yeah, that, they're in the stadium. Okay. Now yeah, I know yeah. that's not on your diet plan. I see I see what you be cooking and eating. That's, that's not on your diet plan. Right. But you can make a cheap meal, a cheap meal every once in a while, man. No, I can. Chris, Chris, Chris yeah. is one of my clients, so yeah, I got to go support him. That's my know, that's right? my guy. That dude is. Yeah. Uh, and we can't get it's him on the show. Thing, we we can't get him no. on the show. And then we finally got him on the show when he agreed to it. I overslept. I work nights. I work oh. at Children's Hospital in Columbus. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a quick nap. <laughs> and I woke up to like 47 calls. Right. My mom called, make sure I'm not uh, dead somewhere. So, all right. So I got a real question. No, no, I got a real question for you, real quick. I need a real answer. Who won, Eminem or MGK? Oh, uh, MGK probably. MGK. Think so? You think so? I mean, I think he, because he was really the underdog. And so I think he took Eminem out of his, you know, M, that, that's not his thing. You know, he's really the guy that's not, I mean, he's, he's he usually talks about people, but not in that way, that battle rap. I just don't think that was his thing. You know, he was coming out of really nowhere. And so uh, I just like what MGK did. You know, no, and I like no. Eminem's album. I like this last album better than the, the previous one. So, uh, but I just think that little battle, it was MGK. Okay, okay, okay. I respect it. I mean, I thought, I thought I, MGK I came out on fire. I didn't listen to all, you know, but I just think just from what I heard and yeah, just the first round of it went to MGK. You know. All right, I respect it. I respect it. I, I, I feel like 
I felt like Eminem got him, but you know, I'm, I'll, I'll leave. I'm not a huge Eminem fan. I don't listen to a lot of M's. So that's probably why. Um, he's just one, of, and he's a phenomenal rapper. But he's just one of the guys that, and as all my friends know it. If it comes on in the car, I'm turning. I just don't. I never got it. I never got it. You know. I remember the anyway. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Okay. I, so for me, 1998 is probably the first time in my life that I knew we were going to win a national championship. Yeah. I knew it. We were top 10. We had Ohio yep. State coming in. And I remember I told Gary, I tell Gary this every time I see him. He has one of my all-time favorite quotes. Everybody was talking about Joe Germain. Everybody's talking about David Boston. And Gary said, you can't throw from your back. And I remember, yeah. I remember thinking it was like the dopest line ever. Because, you know, back yeah. then it was like my dad would like get on the internet at work. And then he would print out sheets and bring them home, and I could read like all the articles at home. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was like the greatest line ever. We go to that game, of course. Uh, I remember seeing Andy Katzenmore thinking that guy's gigantic, but I think we're gonna get him, and we didn't. And then we end up eight and four. How does a team that had you guys had so much NFL talent so on that much. team on yeah, offense much. and defense? How did that team? Who, who did we lose to though? So I know Ohio you. State. You lost Ohio State. Ohio State no, had no, a bunch of, they had way more NFL. Ohio guys. State should have won the national championship that they year. Won, I can't believe they lost to Michigan State. I'm still mad at them for that, by the way. And we lost to Miami. You lost to Notre Dame. But no, not not that year. Ninety seven. Ninety seven is Notre Dame. Yeah, we lost to Miami. That was our second loss. And we underestimated them. They had this running back named Edwin James. We didn't know. Who? Edwin James? I never heard <laughs> of him. That dude. Listen, <laughs> I'm kidding. We lost to them. That was a close game. We lost to them. And then we lost to um, we lost to Virginia Tech. Uh, we lost to Virginia Tech, then we lost the bowl game. So, I mean, we always lost bowl games back then. But uh, Hey, man, we ain't got to talk about that. We ain't got to say it like that. No, but but I, I would say that was a talented team, and that was a team that probably we, we should have done better. For my money, uh, that's arguably the most, like, talent gift-wise. Not, not better than 96. You, offensively even? Like, defensively, y'all were loaded. But offensively, you think you had more talent? Yeah. All right. In 96? Yeah, yeah. we had uh, – So, Zeraway's freshman season, right? Yeah, he was running hard. Um, I mean, first play, first play to the house against Pitt. Yeah, no, I'm saying, yeah, he was good. I mean, we had the young receivers, David, Sean. All of those guys were young. They were we young. Had, but 98, uh, man, they were grown you know, men. Now, I, I, I will say that Bolger was probably better than, than, than Chad. So um, Chad Johnson's our Chad, guy, though. Chad a quarterback in 96? Chad was a quarterback in I think I think so. And Chad Johnson's our yeah. guy, by the way. He's our guy. No, he's no. they were both top quarterbacks in West I'm just saying, I think by the time they were done. Yeah, yeah. Were, I mean, no, uh, Chad Johnson, I I feel yeah. like Chad Johnson will tell you Mark Bulger is better than him. I mean. Yeah. I just felt like 96 with that. Like, we weren't – I don't think we were as good in 98 on defense. So, ni- 96 was just, to me, well, that, I, a more talented team. I still can't understand how they never figured out what to do with Jerry Porter. Like, he was all over the place. They couldn't figure out what to do he with him. He wasn't a uh, – I mean, he was a su- supreme athlete. Like, supreme athlete. Yeah. You know, and he, sometimes those guys don't figure it out in football. You know what I'm saying? They don't, yeah. He was a deep – when I was playing, he was, just, he was a safety. In I, I know. I remember. Number yeah. one. Remember he, remember, he got that, remember he got that penalty for jumping. They tried to say he jumped off somebody's back for that field goal, and he literally, they showed the replay. He never touched anybody. He just yeah. – he had a 48-inch vertical. He was he he was an athlete that didn't figure it out football wise, and they tried to really make him into certain things, and then he just became went over the receiver and had a great you know had a nice little NFL career. So um, yeah, I don't I, I can I see that a lot where guys don't figure it out until they get somewhere else. All right, real quick, here we go. Here's our rapid fire. You ready? Yeah. Nas or Jay Z? Jay Z. 
Le- boss. I just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Uh, any, anyway, it would have been Jay anyway. So. LeBron okay. or Jordan? Jordan. LeBron or Kobe? I'm a Kobe fan, but I go LeBron. Big East or Big 12? Big and I'm, East. Big East, all right. Uh, Lion King or Toy Story? Toy Story. Oh, Excellent. Excellent now. answer. I'm I never saw Oh, look at that. Another person who never saw Lion King. I'm tired of it, man. This is ridiculous. Nah, man. Kim Webster never saw it. Pat McAfee never saw it. Now John Thornton. I keep I saying I see it. this trend like just intelligent, yeah. sophisticated, successful, good-looking please, people please. just don't watch. They don't have time for Lion King. Yeah, please. All right. Please. Best Pop-Tart. Best Pop-Tart. Uh... Strawberry one is good. Look, look at my man just coming through with all the right you. answers. It's Braille Sugar. Braille Sugar, baby. No, That's what no, it is. Man. That's a good one. Yeah, but not the best. Best fast food French fry. Mm. Best fast food French fry. I like the old Wendy's fries. I think they changed them, didn't they? They did change them, but you're right. Old Wendy's fries, especially the Frosties, those were good. Yeah, the old Wendy's fries was the best. All um, right. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. But old Wendy's was the best. All right, uh, so <laughs> um, is, here's a GOAT question. Is it Major or is it Pat? Major. Yes, man. I keep major, saying. I mean, Pat, Pat was more accomplished. And yes. Pat, was, Pat did his thing. He's unquestionable. Um, I mean, but Major laid it down, man. You know. Major you has. Watch down, you get goosebumps. Like, you, you watch him, and I remember watching his video on my visit, and I was like, I want to come here. Like, you know. Now, Pat, like I said, Pat was. Pat did his thing. You know, four bowl games, four wins. Five, um, five, because you got to count the senior bowl, too. Give him the five and oh. Yeah, no, nah, Pat, Pat did his thing. I'm not, like I said, that's nothing against him. I'm okay, but I'm okay with either answer. If you tell me, Pat, I'm okay. You say, Major, I'm okay. My heart, because I'm 35 and from West Virginia, there will never be. We have this whole campaign called Retire Nine, and I know about the rules. I know about all that nonsense. Forget the rules, man. No Bump the rules. Uh, and I also think uh, there's a lot of reasons. But Retire Nine is Major Harris. I'm with you on that. That's great answer. Hey, John, we know you're a super busy guy, especially on NFL Sundays. We, we thank you that you were willing to take some time to talk to us. And I mean that for real. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we thanks. look forward to seeing Jalen in the old golden blue. Uh, maybe he'll be Alpha Phi Alpha 2. I don't know. You can let us know. know. You never know. I'm not going to force him, but he, he knows he know what to do. He can make his own decisions, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I can see him being a Q, too. I don't know. I mean, we just got – you got to wait. You got to wait. But, um, but like I said, we appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you any chance we get. Um Looking forward to Ty Rory becoming Mountaineers one day, too. Sure. Best wishes in everything that you do. We're going to keep following you, and we're going to keep supporting you and just keep making West Virginia and the Mountaineers proud. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.